Career coach, career strategist is really to help. I help senior leaders and executives who have who have come to that point in their career. I always call it a career crossroads, where they know that they may just be ready for the next challenge, and they have no idea what that is or how to get there. Uh, or they may be dealing with a toxic environment and know that they, they just can't make change within their own environment or within their own organization. So they know they have to go somewhere else or they just don't feel right and they don't know what to do. And so I help them work through a framework and process to, to answer some of those questions and find clarity. And I found that the framework and process of design thinking has really helped um, sort of lay the groundwork and lay the course for the process of taking those steps to figure it all out. Welcome to the Improvement Nerds Podcast, where we host conversations about the things that nerd us out with one goal in mind, sharing best practices and sharing techniques and tools that allow us to make lasting change. In each episode, we'll feature a different idea and hopefully through that episode, give you a set of new tools, new skills, and new thinking that'll allow you to change how you do your work, how you lead others, and how you show up in your life. We're so excited that you've chosen to nerd out with us. We hope that these episodes are exactly the things that you need to hear in order to get started in making the improvements that you want to see happen in the world. If these episodes speak to you, please subscribe to our podcast, like what we're doing, and leave a comment. And so you have to be curious when you're out there trying to figure out what your next step is going to be. Designers like to experiment. Uh, which is hard when you are looking for your next career because most of us are pretty impatient and just want to have the answers right away and to know right away what you're going to do next. But sometimes it is an experiment and I take my clients through, you know, talking to people, going out there and networking, asking questions about their other people's roles or industries and seeing if that is something that they would even be interested in and want to do. Um, Reframing problems is a huge one in with designers and design thinking, and there's a lot of reframing that goes along with um, career coaching and designing your next career strategy because of our limiting beliefs. And in this book, they call it dysfunctional beliefs, but they're just things that come up for all of us, so that block us from moving forward. So it's things like, you know, I should know what makes me happy or um, I'm not gonna be able to get another job. I'm, I have too much experience or nobody's gonna pay me the salary that I'm looking for. Or what if I'm not happy in my next role? So all of those things come up. And so I help clients reframe some of those limiting beliefs and thoughts that are coming up for them and look at it from a different perspective so they can get past those and move on. Um, designers also, no, it's a process for uh, design thinking. And that's something I, when I'm talking to people right up front and we're deciding if it's a good fit for us to work together, I do say it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, there are a lot of s- steps that we need to take to build on one another and find answers. Um, but I know for me, when I'm working with clients, with every session that we have, they're always closer to getting to the answer that feels good for them, but sometimes it happens quicker than others. It really just depends, and I help them work through that. 
Margaret Mead said it best when she shared that one should never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, that it was the only thing that ever had. I couldn't agree more. Let's get busy, Improvement Nerds. we got a lot of work to do. Good morning, Improvement Nerds. This is Tom. I'm back with another episode of the Improvement Nerds podcast, a podcast that's all about nerding out about the things that you're passionate about, the things that uh, really get you going. And as you dive into those passions, you're able to make change and impact our world in a better way. So thanks for tuning into the podcast. Today, I've got a special guest, someone that I've met through LinkedIn. Um, Our initial blushing when we came and connected with one another was through conversations about conscious capitalism. So that's how I originally got introduced to Marla. And then uh, outside of that conversation, the two of us started to talk about some of the things she was doing with her small business. And she's a career strategist. She's amazing at what she does. And after I aired an episode on design thinking featuring Sheena Burt, um, Marla reached out and started to geek out and nerd out about how design thinking can be used in the career space and how individuals can navigate career transition and even define a dream career for themselves through the designer's mindset. So that, as soon as she mentioned that, I'm like, that is an episode that we've got to make. And here she is today with me making that episode. So Marla, thank you and welcome to the episode. Thank you. And I'm, it's great to be here. And I'm, I am, I'm really excited to talk about this and just share my experience and what I've learned through the years and how I kind of stumbled upon design thinking and how I use it to help people navigate through their career change. Great. So before I jump into that, I want to make sure people know how to get a hold of you. And you and I, we do a lot of interacting with each other through LinkedIn. Is that your preferred communication channel? Yeah, LinkedIn is great. I usually am on LinkedIn most days and I check messages all the time. So connecting with me on LinkedIn and sending messages through LinkedIn is perfect. You can also reach me email. We're always on email all the time too. And that's Marla at shift-careercoaching.com. So either of those two ways, perfect. Awesome. And Marla Holdreed, her last name is H-O-L-D-R-E-A-D. And she's with Shift Leadership. Marla, is there a website out there as well that we could be sending people to? Uh, Yes, I have a website. It's uh, shift-careercoaching.com. Awesome. All right. We got that out there. People, you know, take advantage of this great resource, look her up and get connected with her. We're going to dive in now. And Marla, you ready to nerd out? (laughs) I'm ready. Awesome. So um, you've already set the stage. We're going to be talking about the application of design thinking for individuals who are looking to uh, more clearly define their career. And, you know, that, that is something I cannot wait to dive into, but I'm going to put a feather in that cap because we want to get to know you just a little bit before we immerse ourselves in that topic. So, yeah, certainly. So um, my journey really began and I'll really kind of go through my career journey because I always say my career journey has been unconventional. It's been one that turned into something that I 
really never imagined it would be. But it's one of the reasons why I love helping my clients and helping people navigate their careers now is because when I was navigating my career path, I really didn't have anybody to help me answer some of those questions that I had. So anyway, so I started out, I went to Ohio University, originally grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, and um, I moved to Chicago after graduation with big dreams of being in the public relations industry and communications industry. And at that time when I graduated, uh, the job market wasn't great. So I was literally pounding the pavement. I mean, that's, I was walking, I had no contacts. I was walking around at the time. There were no cell phones. I'm making myself sound very old, but I was, I made appointments with people to have informational interviews just to try to get my foot in the door and get to know the industry a little bit more. Um, And actually, you know, I met a lot of people, but that didn't really end up working for me. And I found that I needed a job because I was moving there. I had a couple of roommates, but I still needed to pay the rent and pay the bills. So I ended up, uh, and this is kind of, I forget about this. This is a funny story, but my first summer that I actually moved to Chicago, um, I ended up working for, at the Merchandise Mart, Um, with one of my roommates, uh, she was an interior designer and she worked for a a company that made, um, or they supplied materials for couches and draperies and different things. And my first job out of college was tagging those materials with different stickers, depending on what the different sizes were. So it was one of those things where it was like, I needed a job. I couldn't find one right away. And so I just got whatever I uh, could find in order to get some money coming in. And so eventually I did end up uh, finding a job in the marketing area. I worked for a commercial real estate company there and also uh, for an architecture and interior design firm. So my time in Chicago is about there for about five, six years. And I really got some foundational experience of just entry level marketing uh, kind of work, but I worked with some extraordinary companies. So I learned a lot. Um, Then, I actually met my now ex-husband when we lived in Chicago and we moved to Northwest Indiana, lived in Valparaiso for a little while. And again, I needed to find something and the job market was a little different in Northwest Indiana than it was in Chicago. So I ended up uh, starting to work for a staffing and recruiting company. And I jumped in without much experience, but um, I learned pretty quickly that I enjoyed people and working in that environment and helping them a little bit. Um, and so, you know, kind of just jumping into that, realizing that there, there weren't as many options in, in Northwest Indiana in terms of, you know, professional work than there was in Chicago. So we stayed there for a little bit. My ex-husband's originally from Carmel, uh, Indiana. And so we moved to Indianapolis and started a family. And so I took some time off of work. Um, then ended up getting divorced and had to get back into the workforce. So I do get a lot of questions there too of how, you know, what is that like taking some time off of of work, getting out of the uh, workforce and then trying to figure out a way to get back in. And it was kind of my life story of jumping back into it and really not having a plan or a strategy, but just finding something that would keep the lights on, pay the bills and and it worked out in my favor, but I ended up working for as an office manager for a local house cleaning company. Um, and I worked there 
for about a year, actually, but I learned everything about small business, um, managing all aspects of that office. Um, but unfortunately, it just didn't work with my schedule with the kids. So one thing led to another. Um, I met a, someone through my son's kindergarten. Uh, we became friends, and then he hired me to be a managing editor for uh, several neighborhood magazines. And so I went from being a, an office manager to an editor uh, where I interviewed people, I wrote stories, I took pictures, and I published all these magazines. Um, that job was great. I mean, it was very flexible because I was able to work from home. Um, but again, I, after a couple of years there, I knew it was a building block uh, to whatever my next step was. I didn't quite know what that was yet, but I did know that um, I just, I wasn't, I needed to have a little more challenge. And so I did some networking and I joined a couple of networking groups and I had a woman introduce me to uh, Sally Tassani, who owns the Strategy Forum, which is a leadership and uh, development consulting firm, and that's over in Carmel. Sally is an extraordinary businesswoman. She's been in business for many years. And we just connected immediately because she actually began her career in Chicago. So we just connected right away. Uh, she gave me a chance at doing business development, client services, um, and different work for her uh, group and organization. And little did I know that I was going to fall in love with that. So that I feel like that's where my career kind of really began again was working for the strategy forums. I love the industry. Uh, we worked we mainly facilitated mastermind groups for CEOs, um, presidents of companies. We had a group for HR uh, leaders. And if you don't know what mastermind groups, some people aren't familiar with the mastermind group, but basically it's a group of people who, professionals who come together uh, and have peer collaboration and work together on their challenges, exchange ideas. Um, as our group at the Strategy Forum, we also did a little professional development type of work with them as well. Um, and so we did that kind of work. We also had um, executive coaching going on. And then we developed some leadership programs for big companies around, some teams at Eli Lilly. Uh, we went up to Whirlpool, which is in Benton Harbor, and put together some leadership work for their international teams there. And then uh, we worked with a group of executives and physicians. They were actually both executives and physicians at Baptist Health in Louisville. So that experience really was like eye-opening for me because it really felt, finally felt like a great fit. I loved working with the people and helping them um, with whatever professional challenges they were having. Um, and sort of, you know, like kind of what happened to me too, eventually after about five years working there, I was ready. I knew I was ready for my next uh, challenge. I didn't know what that was yet. Um, and so when that happened, I had, you know, I had this feeling like, okay, I'm ready to do something next. I'm not sure what that is. I've got a list of things that I really enjoy. I have a list of things I don't really enjoy. What do I even do? Where do I go? And so my, I just started, you know, LinkedIn job, looking at other jobs, um, kind of figuring, trying to figure it out on my own. Uh, lucky for me, I eventually ended up um, talking with another woman who had her own coaching practice and working through a little bit about how that worked and decided to go out on my own to do coaching. Um, 
And here I am. So my coaching now as a, a career coach, career strategist is really to help. I help senior leaders and executives who have, who have come to that point in their career. I always call it a career crossroads where they know that they may just be ready for the next challenge and they have no idea what that is or how to get there. Uh, or they may be dealing with a toxic environment and know that they just can't make change within their own environment or within their own organization. So they know they have to go somewhere else or they just don't feel right and they don't know what to do. And so I help them work through a framework and process to, to answer some of those questions and find clarity. And I found that the framework and process of design thinking has really helped um, sort of lay the groundwork and lay the course for the process of taking those steps to figure it all out. And so with my experience, even though it's been unconventional and kind of all over the place, I do, I can relate so much to my clients because I've been there in that feeling of, I have so many questions and I don't even know how to take the next step. And so that's how I help them. Thank you for sharing your background and your journey and all the different careers that you tried on and you know, experimented with to understand, is this something I enjoy? Is this something that fills my cup? Where's the growth within this? And even in some ways, what about this don't I like? And sometimes knowing what you don't like helps you find the next opportunity that's more aligned with the things you do like. So it sounds through your journey, you know, it was different career experiences that you were pursuing, but it was also, you know, personal goals of, you know, your, your, around your family and even different places that you wanted to experience for yourself. So picking where you wanted to reside and just going there first and then figuring it out after, you know, I think a lot of people um, move for a job instead of move for the city as you kind of did it a little bit backwards. And I think that's a lot of, for you to say, Hey, I want to, I want to live in Chicago and then just go to Chicago and figure it out there. And then, you know, hey, there's, you know, an opportunity to relocate into Valparaiso. I don't know what I'm going to do for a career there, but that's where we're going. I'm going to experience Northwest Indiana and then down here to Carmel. It sounds like, you know, that's relatable. There's probably a lot of individuals who have relocated without knowing what they were going to do for work and happen to figure it out. And that can be very daunting. So I imagine you're meeting people at the career crossroads for that reason, change a city. Um, also, family circumstances of having children and children um, going into grade school is another big transition for families or even graduating and going on to college is a big career transition. So uh, you can probably relate to those crossroads and even, you know, what happens in people's marital status, you can relate to those changes because, you know, that's not always doom and gloom, it, I'm sure for those who are going through that transition, it is very painful, but in some ways it's a good decision to make for both people. Um, but as a result of that, it changes your your goals and what you want for yourself. So that's another career crossroads. So it sounds like you've been in a lot of crossroads and I think <laughs> that helps you help individuals who are there themselves. Yes. And I will say, you know, I'm, I'm, cognizant of the fact that so um, I don't know if our the audience is a, is 
you know, with, with doing all this leadership and development work, I, I'm also an assessment nerd <laughs> in addition to design thinking nerd and career nerd. But um, so I love assessments and I've taken so many of them and my poor family, I've had them take all these assessments as well, but we really know each other. And so one thing I am aware of, so I, on the DISC assessment, I am a high I. And one thing about the high I personality, it really is like jump in and just try it and we'll figure it out as we go. That's not everyone's personality and comfort level. Um, you know, if there are, especially if you're a high C or an S on the DISC, you're yep. much more, um, you know, and especially with the process, you're much more um, it, it's just very uncomfortable to do that. I mean, you've got to, you have to have more information in order to just jump in and make it some of the decisions that I, some of the things that I have done. And so I think, um, you know, clear, having some of those answers and clarifying the, some of the questions um, for people who just don't, aren't naturally inclined to jump in and do things, which I don't even know if I completely recommend that. I mean, it was, it worked out in my favor, <laughs> but at part, sometimes I look back and I think, geez, I really, I didn't think much about that. I wish I would have strategized a little bit more maybe. Yeah. Thanks for bringing up that assessment tool and helping to kind of spotlight, like these look at them as resources. They really help you to understand how you interact with the world and interact with others and interact with conflict. You know, there's a variety of them that are out there. And DISC is definitely one of those that is more mainstream, very popular, definitely within organizations. That's where I completed my DISC profile. Mm -hmm. And I'm a high I myself. So mm -hmm. we're talking about that fly by the seat of the pants type figure it out as you go, I could totally relate to that. And then I can also totally relate to that that causes anxiety and complete chaos and, and uh, gets the C way out of their comfort zone. So, and I, and I grew up in healthcare. And when you look at the data around that sector, uh, about 60 to 70% of the workforce um, are, you know, C's or S's, you know, conscientious or steady. And, you know, they're, they're not for change. They will support it with enough data that suggests and allows them yeah. to rise and make an informed decision that change is important. So they're slower to change. They're risk adverse, which totally makes sense for nursing and people in healthcare is, you know, it's high stakes, right? You're treating a patient and that goes wrong can cause harm to another individual. So they're very risk adverse as a result of that. So, you know, someone who comes in and is, let's just try it and see what happens and thinks on their feet and, you know, is a more risk accepting because they see that the risk often leads to reward. They could be quite counterculture. So my eye helped in a lot of ways, but it also had to be something like I had to promote with a, alongside a disclaimer to say like, this is just how I interact with the world. And I value your perspectives of, you know, being my cross and my, my, uh, my balance, because I, you know, very optimistic, um, you know, even taking disc and pulling it out of my profession of, you know, I was a high eye in healthcare here in my house my wife is more of the C, she's the realist. So whenever it comes to like a big grand idea, 
you know, I think elaborate and I think best case scenario, and I'm sure you can relate to that too. That's fun, but it's also pretty risky and it's good to have someone to offset that and ask the hard questions that you probably didn't think of. Um, so the C's are typically those people who help you stay a little bit grounded in reality and they make for a good combination. And so I think, you know, the assessments are super helpful because they're just what I was talking about. I hope people can like connect to those things and say, hey, if I don't know my disc, it might be helpful so I can understand how I interact with the world and how I need to uh, recruit people to to my tribe to surround me to kind of keep me safe from myself, so on and so forth. Yeah, absolutely. And that's interesting about you and your wife because my husband and I are the same thing. He's a high C and I'm a high I. So we, um, if we didn't, I think if we didn't know that about each other, we'd probably drive each other crazy. But since we do, we approach it as like, no, this is good for us. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it it is. You have to learn to work together instead of against each other and really play to each other's strengths of um, whether it's creativity or analytics or, you know, um, decisiveness, whatever those things might be, they they could be a strength, but also a weakness. And it's good to know how you can get the best of both out of a team or a relationship or whatever. So yeah, the disc is not just for professional life. (laughs) Right in a lot of different ways. And so with all that said, I think you being an assessment word, assessment nerd, it's obvious that you encourage people to do a little bit of self-discovery as part of this process. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and also just a quick, I was thinking as we were talking too, that just a quick side note on a personal level, I, uh, I'm remarried now and I have a blended family of five, uh, children. And they're all teenagers. <laughs> it's five teenagers. So uh, we use assessments and um, just, well, with teenagers, you never know what the heck is going to happen. So sometimes it's hard. But anyway, that's part of the personal story that I have too is um, navigating my life here at home with everybody running all over the place and going through teenage years. But anyway, on a side note, Oh, yeah, I can totally see the assessment tools being helpful for teenagers and also for parents to know a little bit more about their kids. That's a brilliant idea. Thanks for suggesting use of these assessments from that perspective. I do. I want to move us to a little bit about how you're using design thinking to help support your coaching clients through their self-discovery and through identifying a career that fits their strengths, but also fits their passions. How did all that get started? A couple of years ago, I came across the Designing Your Life book written by Bill Burnett and Dave Evans. Uh, They are two professors at Stanford. um, And they wrote this book based on their conversations and insights with college students that they worked with, just based on the fact that college students have a hard time figuring out, you know, what I want to do with my life or where do I want to go? We always ask them those questions and there's a lot of confusion and, uh, you know, just wondering, am I doing the right thing? Um, Where do I even go with this? And so design thinking um, really helped create a framework and a path for their college students to have a strategy 
and figure out a way, a process, figure out a way to work through how um, to, to really even take the first step on their first career and really feel confident that that's where they wanted to go next. So that's, so that book was um, inspirational to me. And in addition to working with clients on, you know, when clients come to me and I keep saying this, you know, they're at a career crossroads, but really what's happening is they're just having a lot of questions that are unanswered. And so I help them work through that process of answering some of those questions. Um, they know, they, the one thing they know is they're, they're not feeling fulfilled. They know there's something out there that's next for them. Um, but the unanswered questions are just things like, what is that? Or should I stay here? I have it pretty good. Am I going to be, am I too old to find something else? Am I, you know, making too much money? What do I even want to do? And so all those questions that are coming up, uh, I help them figure out and find clarity and be able to take a next step, whatever that may be. Um, and the design thinking process has really helped from a career perspective because it does take um, some thinking and it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. And we dig a little deeper in terms of looking at some of the root problems. And so um, I can tell you one thing that I, so one thing I liked I can relate a lot and how I work with my clients a lot, particularly designers are curious. Um, and so you have to be curious when you're out there trying to figure out what your next step is going to be. Designers like to experiment, uh, which is hard when you're looking for your next career because most of us are pretty impatient and just want to have the answers right away and to know right away what you're going to do next. But sometimes it is an experiment and I take my clients through, you know, talking to people, going out there and networking, asking questions about their other people's roles or industries and seeing if that is something that they would even be interested in and want to do. Um, reframing problems is a huge one in with designers and design thinking. And there's a lot of reframing that goes along with um, career coaching and designing your next career strategy because of our limiting beliefs. And that in this book, they call it dysfunctional beliefs, but they're just things that come up for all of us. So that block us from moving forward. So it's things like, you know, I should know what makes me happy or um, I'm not going to be able to get another job. I'm, I have too much experience or nobody's going to pay me the salary that I'm looking for. Or what if I'm not happy in my next role? So all of those things come up. And so I help clients reframe some of those limiting beliefs and thoughts that are coming up for them and look at it from a different perspective so they can get past those and move on. Um, designers also know it's a process for uh, design thinking. And that's something I, when I'm talking to people right up front and we're deciding if it's a good fit for us to work together, I do say it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, there are a lot of steps that we need to take to build on one another and find answers. Um, but I know for me, when I'm working with clients with every session that we have, they're always closer to getting to the answer that feels good for them, but sometimes it happens quick, quicker than others. It really just depends, and I help them work through that. Um, but knowing that it's a process is helpful. And then the last one is 
uh, asking for help and collaborating, um, which is a huge one. And I, and that's something that when I look back on my own career, I wish I would have reached out and asked for more help um, in terms of trying to figure out really what was the best next step for me. So that's why I'm here is just collaborating with, with clients and uh, working with them to figure it out. Yeah, I think the book kind of came to you um, at just the right time. I think there's a quote, I don't know who it's from, but when the learner's ready, the teacher will appear kind of thing. Ooh. So, you know, you were kind of talking a little bit about your passion for assessments and how you've seen and use assessments as a mother of teenagers and that this group, teenagers in general, tend to be at a crossroads as they're coming up with, you know, what their identity is and there's so much emotions uh, as they mature. So trying to help them navigate that space and then kind of feeling that struggle and that book comes along to say, okay, here's something that we've used with college students, yet another crossroads in a person's life. And I think maybe that came at just the right time. And as you dived into it, it's not like you just read the book. It's like you became a a student of it and really immersed yourself in it. And, you know, this book that you had mentioned, the, is it called Design Your Life? Yep. It's called Designing Your Life. And there's also an additional one that um, they've written called Designing Your Work Life. So it's geared more toward um, experienced professionals, not necessarily just college students, but it still uses a design thinking process. So these, this book, the Designing Your Life was recommended to me probably about four or five years ago um, by a peer whose children were coming out of the um, college timelines and you know he had read this book with them and really helped them kind of find purpose in life through it and then we were starting to recruit and we had a pretty young team and there was very high potential people on our team that we knew were going to go on to do different things within the organization or even outside our organization so you know he was using this approach kind of as their mentor to guide those young individuals in their career paths um, through healthcare and into maybe other things. So I, you know, this talking to you, this is not the first time the book has come up to me. It's just, um, I wasn't, and it's probably still, I'm not ready to learn from this book just yet. So mm-hmm. hopefully people hear this episode and maybe there's some things that resonate with them. Um but if it's not the time, you know, it's not the time. But if it is, you know, take take this book up as a resource and definitely take Marla or someone like Marla who does um, ask questions and help people in career transitions to think through the answer of those hard questions. You know, they're very valuable resources. So mm-hmm. I can't um, say enough good things about having a, a Sherpa <laughs> per se when you are starting something new and I think what you'd mentioned those elements they having the guide like you Marla to help keep you curious and excited and take inventory of the things that are true um, and not really an um, head trash per se so you know being curious but also 
being confident in reframing any limiting beliefs you might have. I love the experimentation piece, how you help to facilitate someone's discovery of other potential potential careers by connecting them with um, you know, people who are doing that work and are willing to share their experience and tell their stories and, you know, getting to try on a career that way. That's to me, that's a lot better way to see if a career is going to fill your cup than to take the job and find out later. It didn't is <laughs> to have a conversation with someone who's doing that work and, you know, get to ask that person questions about what it's like. And then, you know, collaborating, I think at the start, you talked a little bit about masterminds Mm-hmm. And collaborating is great because you go from this individual genius to a collective genius. So there's a lot more inputs, there's a lot more eyes on the problem. And as a result of that, different, the outcomes tend to, to be different because things become more creative when you're collaborating. But the other good part of this collaboration is there's accountability that arises and motivation as well. So that's another Uh, I'd say benefit of, you know, working with a guide through any transition is the accountability piece. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have a coach myself because just having that person to bounce ideas off of, keep me, like I said, keep me accountable, keep me sane sometimes, because I think is um, business owners and working on our own. And now, you know, a lot of us working from home, it's easy to get stuck up in our own heads and then we just get stuck. And so, um, you know, I've recognized that about myself, but it's so helpful. I'm actually part of a, I have a coach and she, she, we do some individual coaching and then I'm actually part of a mastermind group as well. And it's been so helpful. I mean, you get, you just get answers so much quicker. <laughs> and, you know, if I'm stuck on a problem and sometimes it's a business type of problem, like how do I do this or how do I figure this out? And then someone in our group would be like, oh, well, I've done that. You know, just give me a call. I'll work you through it. And so instead of spending hours of trying to figure it out myself and for me, probably spending time on the weekends doing it, I can just call this other person who's in my group and we're going to do a half an hour call and she's, and I've got it figured out. So that's the power of having people around you to work through some of those things is it just saves time (laughs) from other people's experience and knowledge. Yeah. Tapping into a coach and then also tapping it into a community is definitely very wise investment. I would you know, it, you, what the return you get is much greater than what you put into it in regards to the coaching fees or the membership, you know, those, those people, they really are wonderful resources and they have experience, you know, that you can benefit from. And oftentimes with that experience comes a shortcut to maybe work through a process quicker than you would have been able to work through alone. And um, or work through a problem. Um, you had shared like maybe a business problem that someone else had already solved. Like, hey, yeah. you know, copy and paste. If it works, that's great. You know, it saves you a lot of headache and heartache. And then the other thing in working with a coach is they have a process. And I think you'd mentioned that before. That's kind of the other part of the book. You talked about the designer's mindset and you know, having curiosity, reframing the problem, being open to experimenting and collaborating. That's definitely, you have to be open-minded. And so you got to 
come with a designer's mindset, but then there's also the design process. And you kind of said, when you work with your code, your, your clients, you're, uh, you're walking them through this process. And the next big piece of it is trusting that process because it, mm-hmm. it unfolds one step at a time and it may not make sense at the start of the journey, but as things compound and build up, that all starts to come together. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, what I've learned over the course of my career and also what I've learned from talking with just colleagues and peers and clients is that many of us, you know, and it's no fault of our own. I, I, I did it myself because life happens. And so we get into roles or we get into careers and we get into jobs and we just, we work hard and it's heads down and we just go. And so, and one, and then one day we look up and it's like, whoa, how did I get here? Um, the time, you know, the years go by faster than we think, which is really cliche, but it is true. Um, and that happened to me. It was, um, you know, if I could look back and kind of give myself some own, my own advice, it would really be to take some time, even monthly, you know, I, and I tell my I, when I do presentations and talk with people, I do give this advice a lot because it, I would have given it to myself of maybe even a month, look back on the month. How was work going? How did you feel about it? Is it resonating for you? Are you still in alignment with the work that you're doing? Does it feel good? Are you ready for your next challenge? Are you bored? What kinds of conversations uh, could you be having? Or even thinking a little bit about the future. What we don't do is stop and reflect uh, and kind of adjust where we are. And so then what happens is we end up, you know, maybe being in a, an organization or a career for 25, 30 years, and then get to a point where we're like, whoa, what just happened? Um, and I'm, I'm ready to do something next, but I, I have no idea what that is. So I, we, when I first start working with clients, we do a lot of um, under the hood work and figuring out what's really going on underneath and what the person's strengths are now, what their values are now. Um, you know, kind of like I said, what they don't, what, what they know that they don't want to do again, what they know they're really good at. And many times they just haven't taken the time to really figure that out. I mean, we, like I said, life happens. And so it's something that just we don't do very often. And so I can help them work through that too. And which is what I really enjoy. So that's step one for me in the career design thinking process. And in, in the actual design thinking, it's called problem finding. So it's caught, it's figuring out kind of having that foundation of, all right, who are you? What's really going on now? Um, and uncovering uh, the foundation of who the person is. I think that guidance to have planned pausing like just take a a moment to reflect and answer these questions allows you to kind of stay connected to what's going on around you in your career and it gives you the opportunity to take ownership of it instead of you know just going with it I think there needs to be a balance of flowing with the experiences you're having but also um, thinking big picture. So it's not always zoomed in, but a, a mix of zooming in and zooming out to kind of stay connected to what you're doing and making sure what you're doing is, you know, in alignment with what you want to be doing. And you're like, you'd said, 
there's so many people who are heads down and so zoomed in and they eventually become zoned out. Yeah, and something that happens over the course of our careers, and I, I think it, it probably happens for most people, it certainly happened for me, was, you know, when we first start out and we're young and we're just sponges, we want to learn everything we can, we're going to do everything we can to just absorb information and help people, you know, our roles typically entry-level kinds of positions are, our roles are to help our bosses or our leaders be the best that they can be. Um, But unfortunately, throughout that process, we sort of lose ourselves because we're so focused on trying to help everybody else, you know, at that time and also learning who we are. But there does come a point where you've, you've absorbed as much information as you can and you've learned as much as you can. And then it's time, um, for you to kind of figure out who you are and what you want out of your career at that point. And that, and that happened to me, not only in um, my career, but marriage too, where you're, you know, you're, you're just doing what you need to do. um, And you're going throughout the day and you're helping everybody else. And then um, you, whatever happened, you know, there might be an event that happens or something happens where you realize, or you ask, start asking the questions, what do I really want? I, and who am I? And, what makes me happy? Um, and those are things that it's, you know, sometimes it's, it takes a little while to get there and take time to reflect on some of those things. And that's what I help clients with as well is what does really make you happy? What does success look like for you at this point? And it's okay if success looks different than somebody else, or it's okay if success looks different than what somebody told you it looked like when you were 25 or 30 years old. So things can change throughout the years too. And we have to redirect and readjust according to our lives and sometimes just our age. (laughs) I think life phases and you kind of combining this work for helping people strategize their career and also appreciating the life that that career is creating is really unique because you know, a lot of people think what they, when they go to work, they're one person. And when they come home, they're another person. And that's just not possible. You're, you're one person throughout. So your approach of, you know, connecting those two and helping that person connect those two has got to be extremely valuable. Yeah. And it's one of the, I mean, it's just something I love to do. And I know that it's needed because I, uh, experienced it myself so yeah I I do it's and I have with this with the design thinking it it makes it um nice to have that framework to walk clients through the process because it gives them some clarity and confidence and knowing that there are steps that we can build upon to find the answers some of the answers that they're looking for it's such a hard thing to do but it's a worthwhile thing to do to be asked these questions and try to answer them right like and not rush through them any questions that are asked when you're in transition but really roll your sleeves up and look within practice empathy for yourself and you know uh answer these questions in a way that help you plot that next step in a logical way so that it's a you know it's not all doing a your next step 
based on analytics or or based on emotion, but kind of bringing both of those things together to plot your next steps using your head and your heart. Yeah, absolutely. And knowing that you're right, we, you know, we grow and change and learn from our experiences throughout the years. And so um, where we were at 25 years old is not the same where we are at 40 in terms of just thinking about what is meaningful to us. I'm glad you brought that up. I think in addition to, you know, design, the use of design thinking to plot your career path. And I had a a friend, I was doing a design sprint and it was about an organization going through transition and trying to understand how people were going to react to the changes that were occurring in the environment. And he said, with all this changes in the business, it actually creates a lot of opportunity for professional growth. And I think if people look at that growth as, you know, what does this mean for my career? They're going to miss the point. He said, in fact, I think we should call it a happiness path instead of a career path. And that hit me um, in a really unique way because I was a little bit older. I was not any longer early in my career, but I was to the point where I was wanting that from my work was joy and happiness. And, you know, I think that, you know, that's in some ways what you're helping to create for people is not just a career path, but a happiness path. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And, you know, you've you've used the word connected a few times, and I use the word aligned all of the time. But those are pretty much the same when we're, you know, when you're not feeling connected to the work that you do, um, there is sometimes that can cause some problems. And then I work with clients to figure out what is the disconnect exactly and how do you get here? And then what do you need to get connected again and aligned with your work? Going back to assessments, I use the Strengths Finder assessment a lot too. Um, it's one of my favorites to use when we're starting out to talk about careers because the strengths finders is so unique to each individual and it really allows uh, people to really kind of own who they really are. Um, One thing that I found with just coaching and career coaching in general is it's hard, you know, we have so many people, especially within our professional environment, sometimes a work environment that have expectations of us and judge us and make comments. I mean, I've had people, you know, I've had bosses and leaders make comments to me about, you know, you're not a great salesperson or you're not good at closing or things like that. And that can affect somebody for the rest of their, you know, sometimes it's like this snide comment, but it can affect your thinking for the rest of your life. And so sometimes I have clients coming to me and, you know, one uh, client that I'm thinking of had a boss tell her she's too sensitive. Uh, or she overthinks too much and she needs to get better at that. Well, it turns out that that's who she is. She, you know, when we did the strengths finder, she is an analytical person. One of her top strengths is analytical, which is a value. You bring that to an organization. And, you know, for you and I who bring eyes, we need those analytical people behind us because we're not going to analyze. I mean, at least I'm not. Uh-huh. So when it comes to, you know, and then so she was feeling a lack of confidence and just like, yeah, I overanalyzed too much. I think through my boss told me that, well, actually, no, you, that's who you are. 
And that's how you add value to an organization. Unfortunately, you're just not in the right spot where you can use those strengths uh, appropriately. And so that's how I help them work, also work through um, just that, just where we're stuck from what other people have told us or expected of us. There's just so many things to love about this episode. And you know, I'm gonna try to summarize them. And I think a couple of key takeaways for me is that that element of curiosity and you know the 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 idea of using design thinking to design your life um, is something that puts you in a designer's mindset to um, be curious and to answer the hard questions that really allow you to connect or be more aligned with what you're doing and what you want to be doing. So that's you know kind of opening the door in some ways is that initial, where am I? And is this where I want to be? Or is there somewhere else I'd rather be? And that then creates the opportunity to do something different. And that is really important to kind of help people realize that change is necessary. Now, how you go about change, change can be very terrifying, right? And it can cause failure to launch or idleness. So you, of course, have to remain curious, but you also have to address the limiting beliefs that maybe are keeping you where you're at and preventing you from being capable of change. So working through and reframing those beliefs, just as you had shared this individual who had seen them, their overthinking has a weakness to reframe it to say, no, that's, that's your greatest asset, right? So reframing those things going out and experimenting and trying on a couple of different things to see what you enjoy doing and and making sure that it's aligned with what you want to be doing and connecting with people who do that and hearing their stories and relating to those people not only is going to help you experiment and try on different careers it's going to expand your network which is a benefit in itself is getting to meet more people and gain new perspectives and then being open to feedback and you know making decisions about does that feedback align is it true does it resonate or is that something i should be ignoring but you know as you go out and you try something if it's not working you need to know that and you can't ever know that unless you're getting feedback a fe- some form of feedback loop through others you know uh, a trusted group of people say hey i've been trying this for a while have you seen any changes in in my attitude or whatnot? And tell me honestly, because sometimes you're so zoomed in, you don't, you're not realizing that maybe you're becoming a different person. So having a a community of people that help you stay connected and and hold you accountable to, to walk on this journey. So, you know, I tried to kind of summarize it in, in, it's not easy because there was so many good things that you talked about during this episode. Was there anything I missed? No, I think you did a great job of summarizing. I think, um, you know, from my perspective and my experience and how I also working with, with my clients, I think, you know, my biggest takeaway is um, knowing that our careers go through change and growth and it's a process of learning and we're supposed to be that way. Um, and taking time to reflect on where you're going is so important. So I think that's one thing I wanted to, you know, make sure that audience members walk away with is just to 
even if it's once a quarter, just spend some time thinking about what's happened over the last three months. Um, is it working? Is it not working? And, you know, group go from there. I love it. No, I think you did a great job summarizing. All right. <laughs> thank you. Marla, I cannot thank you enough for coming on to the episode and sharing your passion for helping individuals create a career strategy and the way in which you do it. I love how you're combining um, the design process into it, but also helping people to integrate their, their work passion and their life goals. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I, I enjoyed sharing um, my passions as well. Awesome. Thank you.